Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out, no matter how hard it rains. In my city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 298th episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser. You can find me on Twitter. Ad hoc blogger. I'm joined tonight by Evan Hill. You can find him at Evan Hill HB. We come to you after the Seahawks drop a game 30 to 23 to the Pittsburgh Steelers at home with the playoffs potentially on the line. And uh, I am so much more angry about this game than it, it, I reasonably should should be this this Seahawks team has never been in contention this year they've never been a true contender I've never felt that way from before the season during the season at any point in the season but you know what I am sick I am sick of cheering for a team that cannot play defense I am sick of cheering for a team that has no backbone I'm sick of cheering for a team that if there's an opponent that has any amount of toughness, any starch in their uniform, that this Seahawks team will wilt, that they will fall, that they do not have what it takes to beat in a physical sport. They do not have what it takes to win a game that requires any amount of physical dominance whatsoever. They don't do it on offense. They don't do it on defense. Their tackling is shit. They played an absolute mediocre team in Pittsburgh. At best, that is a mediocre football team. They have only scored 20 points or more on offense six times going into this game. They had that at halftime of this game. We're re really close to it. It doesn't even fucking matter. I, this is an absolute mediocre, at best, Pittsburgh Steelers team playing a quarterback, Mason Rudolph, who is one of the worst quarterbacks you could play. And they offered absolutely no opposition to him. I think it's a question whether or not the Seahawks defense that runs out there, whether it's actually an impediment to opposing offenses or whether it's an accelerant to opposing offenses. I am so tired of hearing Pete Carroll in the postgame show. I heard it. I wanted to, for the first time since Pete Carroll has been coach, I was infuriated by what I heard from him in the postgame show when he said for the 55th time, they didn't do anything we didn't expect. Then coach, 
You're not doing your fucking job. You are not doing your job. If they didn't do anything you didn't expect and they still ran over you, you did not do your job. And I don't want to hear about at the end of the season, him and John Schneider saying, you know what? We just, we got to get tougher in the trenches. We know what we got to do. No shit. You got to get tougher in the trenches. You knew that last season. You knew that the season before and you haven't done it. You did not prioritize that in the off season. You prioritize the edges again. You prioritize running back again. You did not do your jobs this off season in making this a tougher football team, a more resilient football team. And I am just, Evan, I don't have the words, man. I am just, this team does not deserve, does not deserve me to feel this much frustration because they have not for the last eight years done what it takes to be a football team that I can be proud to root for. I am embarrassed by this football team almost every week. And when I last week, I went off. I didn't do the post-game show for this, but I did talk with Mitch at some point. I, I don't know, whatever it was. And I went off about how the thing that pissed me off about this game against the Titans was the run defense. And Brady Henderson, who I love, and Mitch, who I love, disagreed with me about that take. They were like, ah, no, it was the offense that didn't do enough against the Titans. Bullshit. This defense for the second straight week, went up against a shit offense and was absolutely unable to get off the field, got pushed around. When you go out there and you play the rejects from a team like the Steelers, you put Devin Bush in there as a starter because Jordan Brooks is injured. What do you expect? So... I got more, but I'm going to I'm going to bring Evan Hill into this because I I'm just I'm done. I am absolutely done. This isn't even worth putting a bag over my head because you know what that means? That means that the expectations are different than the reality. That means that they're worth me even joking about it. It's not fucking funny anymore, man. It's not funny. This is not a team that makes me want to turn on the TV each week, and that's a pretty freaking low bar. So Evan, tell me, where are you at? Can I put some stats behind your emotion? Yeah, please do. Just to emphasize how fucking bad this Pittsburgh Steelers offense is. So let's just start with the basics. This is a bottom 10 offense. They're on their third string quarterback. And the, our, our Seattle defense allowed 30, what would have been 37 points if Najee Harrison willingly go down on nine drives. So they allowed basically 37 points on nine drives. They allowed 200 plus rushing yards. And this stat blew my, blew my fucking mind. I have to give credit to John Gilbert on, on Seahawks Twitter for this. So the Seahawks score or the Steelers score or the Seahawks, the Steelers had 468 yards of total offense today. Can you remember the, do you know when the last year was that the Steelers had more than 450 yards of offense? Oh God. No, tell me. 20 fucking 18. Jesus. 2018. 
dude. This is the fourth time. This is the fourth time in the past three seasons that the Steelers have scored thirty or more points in a game. The fourth time. This is the sixth time the Seahawks have allowed an opponent to score thirty or more points in a single game. One other stat, just because I know you love getting run down uh, your throat. The Steelers had 132 rushing yards after contact, the second most in a game since ESP- ESPN has been tracking the stat since 2009. Wait, say that one again. The Steelers had 132 rushing yards after contact. Oh. So poor tackling, poor fucking tackling. 132 oh. yards after contact. Their second most in a game since ESPN began tracking the stat in 2009. I just opened up the box score, and the first highlight that's showing in the side is Najee Harris pushing the pile into the end zone. How many times today did we just see the Steelers just like, they didn't have to run away from tacklers, run directly into somebody and just push them down the field. That's all you had to do. Six, seven yards every time. Evan, where do you go from here, man? I have no fucking words, honestly. You're, you're. I'm surprised, and I apologize. There's fireworks going on in the background if you hear dogs. <laughs> but um, uh, I'm just. This is what I've come to expect with Pete Carroll defenses. We're on like year seven, guys, of completely suboptimal defensive performances. I, I love your passion, Brian. I love your emotion. I, I, my expectations have not been high for this defense. I, I don't even know what to say. This is just what I'm used to. I'm used to getting shit on. I'm used to getting beat up. I'm used to undisciplined tackling. I'm used to pathetic effort. What the fuck, man? I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I don't think actually we're that far off. I, I, I came into this season expecting good offense and bad defense. Better defense than last year, but still bad. I think if we could go back and look at our predictions coming into this year... We had pretty pretty conservative expectations about what this defense would be in terms of defending the run, uh, you know, in terms of points against. I mean, I don't think any of us thought this was a great defense. And I'm just sick of it. I'm just friggin' sick of it. And Mason Rudolph, 18 of 24 for 275 yards. Najee Harris, 122 yards and two touchdowns. Jalen Warren, 75 yards and a single touchdown. They knew they, the Seahawks went into this game knowing all they had to do was stop the fucking run. Stop the fucking run. Second straight week. Third straight quarterback, Mason fucking Rudolph. Mason fucking Rudolph. They could not stop the run. I just, I don't know. Um, Pete Carroll saying I'm surprised we didn't play better in the post game conference. Uh, whatever, dude. I mean, whatever. I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. I'm. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. You go. You go. I'm just sick of the fucking excuses that I hear from this fucking fan base about this fucking defense on in the fucking seventh straight year of suboptimal defensive play from a fucking defensive fucking minded head coach. If it's not the execution, it's the fucking personnel. It's the lack of investment in, 
in uh, in the offseason. It's the fucking defensive coordinator. When are we going to run out of excuses? When? Oh. I'm fucking done, dude. No, and, and I, I see people talking about... And I know that's not you, Brian, but no. I see this conversation in the fan base. For it's sure. It's fucking insane to me. For sure. For sure. And I see people like, fire Clint Hurt. Guys, we've got, gone through Chris Richard, Ken Norton Jr., Clint Hurt, Sean Desai. Like, it's not... And, and look at the offensive side. Like, Pete has not hired a good coordinator ever. Ever. So Pete's just got to go. He has got to go. I mean, I hope he does it on his own volition and that he steps away for whatever reason. I, I, you know, I don't need him to be fired. I'm not like vindictive about it, but I have zero confidence that they will do something that they haven't done for the last seven years, which is turn this defense into something that's even mediocre it's not even a media this is one of the bottom six to, to eight defenses in the entire nfl and they had a top five pick this year who happened to hit they had two first round picks they had four picks in the first two rounds they got an absolute zero in Derek hall an absolute zero they played today against a defensive tackle in Keanu Benton who went later in that round. The exact kind of guy you need if you want to be strong up the middle. But they go for second straight year. They go for an edge rusher. And a guy that you heard my reaction if you listen on draft day, I wasn't a fan. I tried to get, I tried to get excited about Derek Hall, but he's not the guy. They waited till the fourth round to take an interior offensive lineman. They've got mush in the middle of that line. Whenever you need to get yards, they can't do it, Evan. They can't push anybody around. They lose Abe Lucas today, and they and the offense just ceases to function. Everyone's going to talk about Geno Smith held the ball too long on the fumble. Absolutely. What do you say about Shane Waldron calling a play that required a seven-step drop and your top 10 pick at left tackle getting beat around the edge by Nick Herbig, who was also chipped by a running back on that play. So show me, show me where I can look and say, that's the building block. That's the part that we can like build from. That's the core. Where is it? Where is it? Do you? Yeah, go ahead. Can I ask, since, since you were there today, what was the vibe in the stadium today? What, what, how were people feeling? It was like it's been most of the year. It was pretty passive. Um. You know, there's a lot of Steelers fans and everyone's making a big deal. I think just because the towels, it shows like they're more than there was just as many Eagles fans last time um, and 49ers fan the times before that. So it's not an overwhelming home field advantage for sure. And the Steelers fans weren't that excited either. They know their team's shit. 
Um, it was just kind of like it was going to see entertainment. It was not going to passionately cheer on your team. I just I just can't get over how what 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 fucking week are we in? Week 17 and we're still yep. de- dealing with these like undisciplined basic fundamental tackling issues. Like week 17, there was one yeah. play where we, I I think uh Najee Harris like broke off like seven tackles or something like that. Or maybe well, What like about the play where where Reek Woolen like slaps around and gets like falls down? That's a humiliating play. Oh, he was made his bitch. Like the broadcast of that was insane. It was, it was insane. he like managed to, I think like stiff arm himself. It was embarrassing. And I want, I mean, I want to thank Michael Mathis and Sean C who've been doing super chats. We haven't been getting to him folks. It's going to be a little bit, I don't know how many super chats we're going to get to. We will obviously call them out when we can, but, uh, whew. um, Michael's, by the way, was uh, a loss so bad that it may change the trajectory of the franchise. If you want Pete gone, you have all the ammo need, you need. Good luck resigning Leonard Williams. Why would he resign? Is there a reason outside of quote culture? If you're Leonard Williams, would you resign here, Evan? Well, I did have somebody tweet me today that he used Tyler Lockett to buy a house in the Seattle area recently. So if that's true, maybe he, he does want to stay and keep his family there. Well, yeah, I mean, I like Leonard Williams. I enjoy watching him play. Um, Sean C says, third time's the charm. This is the work, worst ranking for a Seahawks offense since 2011. Is that true? No. By what measure? No way. I don't buy that. I'm not sure I believe that. Let's do a quick check. Um, so... Seahawks ranked 19th in points and 22nd in yards. So he's right uh, going into this game. So I don't know where they are now, but the last time they ranked worse than that in points was 2011. Worst time they ranked worse than that in yards was 2011. So Sean is correct. What I just can't get over is like they made significant investment to stop the run this offseason. They made moves there and they still can't stop the run. Did they though? They signed Jaron Reed. Jaron Reed. I mean, Draymond Jones is a pass rusher. He's not a run defender. You've got Bobby Wagner brought back exclusively for run defense. And how does it get better next year, Evan? Bobby Wagner, you can't bring him back. He's one of your better run defenders, if anything. He got himself run over multiple times today. Jordan Brooks. Here's the thing, Evan. Evan, if they sign Jordan Brooks to a big deal, Just flush the whole, like flush it. You cannot commit significant cap space to an above average linebacker. You can't pay an above average linebacker like a pro bowl or all pro linebacker. And he's going to cost a lot. He is not worth it. That is an absolute mistake. Damian Lewis, you cannot commit above average dollars to an average offensive lineman. You got to go back to the well here. You got to get, and you have no one behind Bobby or Jordan Brooks. 
nobody. John Radigan's not coming up. Devin Bush isn't the answer. So you're starting from zero at the inside linebacker position. And you don't have someone to step up for Damian Lewis or Phil Haynes. Like Anthony Bradford, everyone's excited because he started a bunch of games. He's been okay. He has not been good. He has been okay. So I feel like I feel like people are missing a little bit the fact that this has been a I think a Seahawks team that has made the mistake of paying guys that are not they're not great and paying them big contracts. You cannot do that. So I think almost the bigger priority in this offseason is not who they sign. I think a bigger priority in the offseason is who you do not sign. And Jordan Brooks and Damian Lewis are at the top of my list of do not sign. Do not sign those guys. They have not been what you need to be a competitive football team. Um, let's talk about Geno Smith for a second, because the, the conversation always goes back there, Evan. I'm a die in the wool Geno guy. I've enjoyed him. I've talked about it. I haven't held back. He had a fumble that, you know, was a pivotal play in this game. No one's going to trust my point of view being objective. Where are you on Geno Smith in this game? I thought Geno had one of the best games of his season, to be quite honest with you. He was making plays under real pressure. He lost uh, Abe Lucas, Evan Brown, K-9, three core, to, you know, core offensive players in the second half. And um, I don't know. I The offense, to me, did more than enough today. Um, I thought DK Metcalf played relatively well, too. Um, I, I, I don't know how he's, like, even in, like, the top 30 reasons for your complaints today, though. Like, I've been seeing some tweets about it. Not a whole ton. But I don't know how that – I mean, this is a good Steelers defense. Let's not forget. It is. Like, this is a very good Steelers defense, okay? This is like a top 10 unit at minimum. TJ Watt, they've got studs, okay? So I, I, I don't – I think Gino played a very good day. Good day. Uh, There's not like a single play I can think of where he like – I don't even really credit the fumble, honestly, on him. Like, should I think he, he ball, gets at but... least he gets at least half the responsibility. Like, you cannot hold the ball. So I I do think that that was a bad play by him. I just that's fine. But like, so he made one mistake today. Can you think of another play where you were like, oh, bad throw, bad read, bad decision? He was no, I mean, plays and he was under pressure. He was under real pressure. I think you're making a good point about the Steelers defense. When I looked today, even before the game, about some of where the Steelers rank. In advanced stats and normal stats, they're ahead of the 49ers in a lot of categories. And I think we all have a ton of respect for the 49ers defense. And the Seahawks lost two of their five starting offensive linemen. I don't know what that play call was when they started getting cute in the middle of the third quarter with direct, like direct snapping to Kenneth Walker with a backup center. And I don't know who's who's responsible for that but whatever stupid so i thought gino played pretty well today would have been nice to get a few more touchdowns like what were the seahawks in the red zone let's take a quick look 
Seahawks in the red zone today were two out of three. So it, it actually wasn't even as bad as I thought. But apparently, Gino in the postgame comments said, teams are able to play, quote, keep away from the Seahawks, and they've limited the Seahawks' opportunities. Evan, you, you did we talk about how many possessions the Seahawks got in the second half against the Titans last week? How many three. was it? Three possessions. The Seahawks scored on all three of those possessions. Do you know how many possessions? The Seahawks scored on three of their five possessions in the second half. And the one that, you know, one of them was the fumble. So, I mean, like, legitimately, that's on the offense. But, I mean, I don't know. Look. The Steelers had scored 20 points or more six times this season. They were 6-0 and when they did it. They did it again. So, I don't know, man. I've got to, I've got to clear my, I've got to clear my mind on this because still got to go do New Year's Eve. You got any plans tonight? Man, I'm just going to a low-key housewarming party. I'm, I'm too old to like go out to the bars or anything like that. Yeah, I think Rachel and Nate and I are going to go out to, I think there's like an outdoor market or something in Bellevue. We're going to walk around there, hit the food trucks. I. It, it was a time in my life, I don't know if this was ever you, but there's a time in my life where I could not recover from Seahawks losses. And I just was like, I was a miserable human being after that. So I've mostly matured out of that. Using this post-game show to like, expel as much of my frustration as possible so I can be a decent human being after this show. But man. Can I just say yeah. something, Brian? I'll yeah, of course. For a second. I, I grew up deeply religious. You know this. Yeah. Uh, your rant at the beginning was one of the best sermons I've ever heard of in my entire life. That was like moving. <laughs> we need to We need to clip that and we need to put it everywhere. Genuinely. Well, I appreciate that, man. Um, and I uh, love that we've got Mitch Levy uh, listening to this show. Uh, Mitch says uh, they had 370 yards of offense in a game that they didn't have the ball. I didn't have the balls. I didn't have the balls, Evan, to pick the Steelers to win this game on Mitch's show. We're going to talk about that in his post-game show when we record it. I didn't have the balls to pick the, the Steelers in our show. Jeff Simmons did. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. But every sign pointed to, like, why would I believe the Seahawks could push around the Steelers? No reason. They're undisciplined. They lack effort. They lack toughness. They feel unmotivated. <laughs> These are not fucking issues we should be dealing with in Week 17. No. Oh my God. Do you know how many tackles Devin Bush had? I don't. <laughs> You're not going to believe it. Was it like a really high amount? <laughs> he had 17 tackles. Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I don't think that's good necessarily. Devin Bush revenge game. <laughs> I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I had told you the Steelers were going to have one sack. The Steelers were three and seven coming into this game when they had three sacks or fewer. They had one sack in this game. They had Can nine I... quarterback hits, though. 
there was one there was one offensive decision that really bugged me. We talk about the value of having possessions. Fourth and one in the first quarter. You don't oh. go for that man. Oh, Come on. Yeah. Come what on? What a what a beta decision. I mean, is there a better way to describe it? It was so humiliating. It was it was awful. I don't even know what to say. I'm laughing it, because it's so ridiculous. It it's so aggravating because it's not just a bad strategic decision. It is an absolute disconnect between the head coach and his understanding of the team that he's got. Pete Carroll thinks that he's got a defense. I'm going to kick it back and pin them back, and then they're going to have to go the length of the field. Coach, they will go the length of the field. They will do it because you don't have anybody to stop them. But let's punt from fourth and one. Mike Tomlin, on the other hand, he didn't hesitate. He was going for and fourth down all day. This is honestly like the perfect ending. I know it's not the ending. We still have one fucking game to go. And I stupidly bought tickets for this awful football team in week 18. But Mm. um, this has just been an aggravating year. Frustrating squad to watch. I hate saying this. I've said it to you privately. And I know you don't want to hear this on a pod, you know, of of, uh, two commentators of your favorite football team. But this, this feels like a chore to watch this football team. Absolutely. This is the first, this is the first time in my life, Evan, that I have found myself multiple times, not looking forward to Seahawks games. I I cannot remember the last time in any sport where I was like actively like what you just said, not looking forward to the game. And when it came to it, I was like, I like, I want to be doing other things. I enjoy watching the lions play the Cowboys last night more than I enjoy watching the Seahawks. Oh, a hundred percent. I enjoy watching the 49ers lose. More than I like, more than the Seahawks games. I enjoy the Ravens playing against the Dolphins today more than the Seahawks. That has never, ever, ever been the case, man. And people can call me a fair weather fan and call me whatever you want. I've been writing about the Seahawks every game. I've gone to every game, every home game since 1997 when we moved here. I have written about every game since for 16, 17 years, more than any beat writer that's on, on the covers of the Seahawks. And I don't get paid to do it. I do it because I care. And the fact is, I don't like this football team. I don't like this team. And that's freaking aggravating, man. Like, and it's aggravating to sit there and think that there have been very obvious opportunities to prioritize toughness over skill or over finesse multiple times. And Pete Carroll and John Schneider have not made that decision. They haven't made it the turning point of this franchise, Evan. It is not. It's not the Malcolm Butler play. It is the fact that they traded Max Unger for Jimmy Graham. That was the beginning of the end for the Seahawks being a tough football team. They, at that point, prioritized finesse over toughness. Jimmy Graham is the biggest piece of shit pussy that has ever played for this team. 
he got punked by Bruce Irvin. Before. Like, there's no respect in that locker room for Jimmy Graham. And they go ahead and they trade for him and they trade away their captain, the center of that offense that everybody in that locker room respected. That was a key. If you did the splits of when Max Unger played to when he didn't play, it was night and day how that team played. And you basically gave that up to bring in Jimmy Graham because you thought Russell Wilson needed a, a, a better target. And then you do things like you draft D. Eskridge over Creed Humphrey. You prioritize skill players over toughness. You draft edge players instead of tackles. You draft offensive tackles instead of guards. You do not prioritize toughness for a decade, and you expect your team to be able to win on Sundays. You are not someone I want coaching my team, period. I will take the Eagles approach, whether or not they win. I know they they lost the Cardinals today. I will take a team that prioritizes the offensive and defensive line that is known for being able to convert on third and fourth and short because they are so stuffed. They're so strong. I will take that over a team that is a finesse team. That's what I want. So, do you feel better? No, <laughs> no. God damn it, man! It's not. It's 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 hard, but it's not as hard as the Seahawks have made it for themselves. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Uh... I got a super chat, another super chat from Michael Mathis. Watching Dan Campbell go for for the win three times last night, then watching Pete Carroll punt on fourth and one from the midfield. Yes, Michael, well said. Um, and what an absolute travesty that the Lions got screwed out of that oh, game that last crazy. night. Crazy! What an the NFL should be ashamed of them. It's one of the first. You know, I've always dismissed the whole like there's rigging in the NFL, but this is the first time where I'm like, they took a win from them. Absolutely. Like straight deliberate took a win out of the win column, put it in the loss column. Yes. With major implications, major playoff implications. I, I don't know if I'd recover from that as a lions fan. If I was one. Yeah. All right, dude. What a shitty fucking spot. Our team is in, man. This sucks. It does. It does. I mean, it's not, it's not, all bad. It's not all bad. I'm not like blind to the fact that they've got some young guys that have like JSN, another great touchdown today. DK's definitely come on. K9 had some good plays. Charbonnet had some good plays. Whatever. Like there's it's not like there's nothing here. But I don't see I don't see the path to this group becoming something more than middling, especially with this coaching staff. So, dude, I don't care. Give me Dan Quinn. Give me someone other than Jim Harbaugh. Cannot be Jim Harbaugh. Do not bring in Jim Harbaugh. But bring me somebody who values toughness and will make the decisions necessary to make this team a team that other teams don't want to play. I don't think there's a single team in the NFL that wakes up and says, oh, shit, we got to play the Seahawks this week. 
I don't think I don't think they even think about a single player that they're like, oh shit, we got to play X this week. There's not one. That's not my team. That is not my team. All right, folks. It is. I'm sure there's more to say. Um, we will have more to say. We will do our show later this week. For now, I'm going to ask you to click like if you haven't already. would appreciate that on the last day of 2023. Click subscribe if you haven't already. And go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up. Get access to the Slack channel where the conversation will rage on well after this show. And all the proceeds go to charity. Over $260,000 have been donated. You can be part of it. And you know what? I'm not going anywhere. I might be as angry as I am. I'm not going anywhere. Evan is not going anywhere, even though he might want to. I'm not going to let him go anywhere. I'm going to continue bullying Evan like a comment in, in chat. My dumbass bought tickets to the Cardinals game next week. Did I bully I you into doing that? You did. You did bully me into that. Okay. Psychological, emotional bullying. Okay. I'm a victim okay. on this podcast. I'm going to have to go psych- psychologically manipulate the Matador. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> chef. Chef just just uh, in service of you. Folks, um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of the ones you love. Give some love out to people that actually matter because you know what? The CX team doesn't. They don't deserve it from you. So find someone that you love. Give them a hug. Wish them well. Buy them a drink. Buy them a meal. Take care of each other. We will talk more later this week. Until then, fuck the Hawks. And take an Uber tonight. And take an Uber tonight. Hey, folks. This is Brian Nemhauser. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. I want you to know that Real Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. Have all podcasts delivered directly to your phone after each and every show. And then go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out, gets more people to the show. Then, if you haven't already done it, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Gets you immediate access to our Slack channel. Join hundreds of folks in that community to talk Seahawks about wins, losses, and all things in between. Not to mention, become eligible to win giveaways for Seahawks tickets and get to ask questions of the Real Hawk Talk crew every week on the show. Finally, if you haven't gone to hawkblogger.com recently, head on over. Tale of the Tape morning after articles are there every week. Hoping to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Go Hawks. Yeah.